Welcome back. Welcome home to Voice of Praise Worship Center. Today I want you to go to John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. John chapter 3. I used a font that was called chalk, chalk duster or chalkboard or something like that. I sort of wanted it to have that appearance of a, of a chalkboard this morning. Did any of y'all ever, did y'all, any of y'all ever fight in school over who was going to get to wash the chalkboard for the teacher? Any of y'all ever fight over that in school? Boy, we did. Miss Loretta did. You know, I mean, that was a great honor if you got to wash the chalkboard in school. You get, you went to the cafeteria and you got an empty pork and bean bucket and a big old rag and you got to wash the chalkboard. Yeah, that's the tree. I like chalkboards. They're still good. They're still handy. But we're using a virtual chalkboard this morning. John chapter three, verses one through, uh, one through ten, if you would, this morning. Now there was, everybody said was. Was past tense. There was a Pharisee. And I think that's more than just speaking of that. We're reading this now. I think something happened in this guy's life as we're going to read. There was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. You might want to underline that. That's very important. He was a member of the Jewish ruling ruling council. He was a Pharisee. He was part of the Sanhedrin, if you would. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs that you were doing if God were not with him. Now, I wonder if he's being a little facetious here, okay? Because this guy, is a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a ruler of the Jews. You know, he's a Pharisee. He didn't, he didn't care too much for Jesus is what I'm trying to say. And, and then he, he starts, as I'll elaborate this in a moment, he's, he's flattering Jesus, okay? Jesus replied, Jesus replied, you'll notice, and I'll, again, I'll elaborate on this, you'll notice, Nicodemus didn't ask him a question, but Jesus replied. Jesus replied, verily I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they're old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to the flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to the Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You can hear its sound, but you can not tell where it comes from or where it is going. Think about that, as my wife would say. Let's think about that. You cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone that is born of the Spirit. How can this be, said Nicodemus? You're Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? He said, you're a Pharisee, and you don't understand these things. Father, add the blessing to the reading of your word, and may I expound upon it, Lord, with an anointing this morning that will reach the hearts and lives of people. Since I use the chalkboard, I'm just using the terminology lesson. On the chalkboard, you see today's lesson, the how-cans and the cannots. 
Now, you may jump to conclusions when you hear that title, but this message has probably got, not, if you do, this message has probably got not going to be quite what you may anticipate or expect in the cans and cannots. Today's message is not about the things that you can do and cannot do in life in, in regards to the work of sanctification or the works of consecration. That's not necessarily what it's about at all. But let me give you just a little bit of background. As we consider this situation that we're reading about, there are some 6,000 Pharisees in Jerusalem at this time. Out of those 6,000, only 71 of them were clerics. Just a little bit over 1% were clerics or of the high council, of the Sanhedrin, if you would. And Nicodemus just happened to be one of those people. When Jesus referred to him as Israel's teacher, it's an indication that Nicodemus, if you'll let me put it this way, Nicodemus was a pretty religious guy. Nicodemus understood, or at least within the means of their understanding as Pharisees, he understood the religious law. Understanding the religious law and the ability to carry it out or to interpret it properly quite frankly, are two different things. So that's who Nicodemus is. And when Jesus said, Israel's teacher is an indication of such. He was a, if if you want to think about it this way, he was a Bible carrier, Nicodemus. He was a Bible carrying church member. He was well versed in the doctrine of the church. He was faithful in tithing and probably also faithful in pew sitting. Okay? He was a Church member, if you would. There's nothing wrong with church membership. Don't misunderstand me. Nicodemus knew how to do church. You know, there's people today that know how to do church, but they may not be part of the church. There are. There's people that knows how to do church. There's people that, that can go through the, 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 the gyrations, if you'll allow me to call it that, but that, that fail to have a relationship with God. The fact that he, he, Nicodemus approached Jesus by night indicates that this was a secret encounter on the behalf of this high-ranking Pharisee. He didn't want to be seen going and talking to Jesus in the middle of the day. He probably, I can imagine Nicodemus probably had some type of garment on. He probably wasn't walking around in his priestly robe, but he could have possibly been, he was on a covert mission, if you would. He probably could have had some shawl over his shoulders and a hood over his head as he traveled to where Jesus was in, during the nighttime hours. And it, it, it might not have been two or three a.m. in the morning, but it was still dark. And, 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 and you gotta remember there was not lighting, that incandescent lighting and what have you, electricity like we have now. So it was very dark. And he goes to Jesus in the darkness of the night, hopefully undetected. Because what he was doing was, he was minimizing his risk of getting caught. You know, sometimes we want to minimize our risk of getting caught talking to Jesus. Sometimes, sometimes there's, there's people 
that will that we will uh, we will if you would we will sort of shy away or or we will draw back and and not necessarily want to identify with Jesus. And that's another message within itself, because Jesus said, "If you're ashamed to be before me, and I'll be ashamed of you before my Father." So he goes to Jesus. Minimal risk involved. Not only was he being cautious, but old Nick was being very tactful right here. He was tactful because when he meet, met Jesus, in verse 2 where I pointed out to you, he begins to flood Jesus with flattery. You know, you want to make people feel good, you just, you know, you flatter them a little bit. You, you talk about, oh man, I really, I really like, man, I love your car. Man, that's that's a, that's the coolest car I ever seen. Even though you don't really like it, you know, you you, you flatter them. You you talk to them about, you know, you, you talk to the ladies. You said, "Boy, your hair looks awful pretty this morning." And you know, or the guys you say, "Man, you're looking awful sharp today." You really want to get into flattery. You start bragging on the grandkids. Okay, well, you start bragging on the grandkids. I saw your grand your granddaughter on Facebook. I saw your grandson on Facebook. You know, uh, uh, and, and you give them the opportunity. Of course, we, you know, they don't pull out the billfold with that big long string of pictures. Some of y'all remember that. We don't do that anymore. We pull out our phone and we start flipping through our phones and start showing all the grandkid pictures. And, you know, flattery will get you everywhere. Okay? So, so, on Nick here, he is, he is flattering Jesus. He, he's, he's commenting on Jesus. What a great rabbi you are. When he didn't probably really hold him in high regard at all in the rabbinic call of ministry, if you would. You notice as I pointed out, Nicodemus didn't pose a question, but Jesus gave him an answer. And, and what Jesus' answer was, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Wow. This scholarly Pharisee. I mean, this, this guy, if, if I could, if I could help paint the picture just a little bit clearer. This guy, Nicodemus, on his office walls, he had PhDs galore. He had master's degrees under the PhDs. He had bachelor's degrees under the master's degrees. He had associate's degrees under uh, under the uh, bachelor's degrees. He had a high school uh, uh, high school diploma. He had middle school diploma. He had primary school diploma. He graduated Kitty Care College with the highest of honors. I mean, this guy had it all. You know. I mean, he was educated to be one of those 71 that were chosen out of 6,000. This guy, he had it going on educationally, you know. But yet, he becomes very perplexed when Jesus says to this highly educated guy, they're looking at Jesus as the carpenter's son. And Jesus says, you must be born again. And on Nicodemus is, he's scratching his head. I can see him maybe pulling the hood back off of his head and saying, what you talking about, Jesus? What are you talking about? Nobody can be born again. That's, that's ridiculous. He could have had medical uh, education. We really don't know that, but it is, it is a possibility. He said, what, what are you talking about? There's no way. But Jesus, Jesus' bizarre statement of you must be born again, prompted Nicodemus 
to ask four questions. The first question was, how can someone be born again when they are old? Surely they cannot enter in a second time to their mother's womb. So what I want to share with you this morning is the how-cans and the can-nots that we can learn from Nicodemus and Jesus. The first is the how-cans. The how-cans, we will, we will accredit these to Nicodemus if you would. The how-can, Nicodemus asked with much skepticism, how can anyone do these things, Rabbi? How can anyone do the things that you are doing? As we read verse 2. You see, he was, he was very skeptical of Jesus. They, they were, if you would, they were probably a little bit frightened by Jesus. They were threatened by Jesus. They didn't understand how he could do what he was doing and why he did what he did. They thought they had it all together. Listen to you. Listen to me, you all. If you and I think that we've got it all together, and we think we've got it all figured out spiritually, we're foolishly mistaking ourselves. We need Jesus, we need Jesus and the working of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that I preached about last week, we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and guide us. In fact, He says He'll teach us and guide us into all truths. That doesn't mean the truth of your neighbor. It doesn't mean the truth about whether Walmart's special markdown is really a special markdown. It means the truth of God's Word. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. So Nicodemus, his first question was, was asked with skepticism. Uh, how can how can anyone do these things? That, and then the, the, the second thing is, well, how can somebody be born again? How can somebody be born again? We know that's... Nicodemus, to him, he's thinking about it in a, a very, very humanistic way. He doesn't understand. He said, how can somebody be born again? You know what the problem is here? Is Nicodemus did not understand the things of the Spirit. And if someone is unsaved, and, and listen, you're either saved or you're unsaved, okay? But there's no way when, when you are unsaved, you have not been born again of the Spirit. That doesn't make you a bad person, but it means you haven't been born again of the Spirit. When you've not been born again of the Spirit, then you really have no way of understanding the things of the Spirit. The Word identifies that. So, so how can someone be born again? That didn't even, that didn't even click on this, this guy with all of the PhDs and all the, the MDs and, and, and everything else that he has. No, it really didn't click with him because he had no spiritual insight to what Jesus was even talking about because he had yet to be born again. But I like that first line of these scriptures that I read to you. It said, now there was. A Pharisee. That indicates to me, that indicates to me that Jesus want, or that Nicodemus once was lost, but now he's found. He was blind, but then he began to see. You see, when Jesus does a work in us, he regenerates us and he changes us, maybe not physically. Now, now, you know, I, I, I listen to me. I was ugly before I got saved in the, in the, in the natural sense, okay? I was ugly spiritually before I got saved. But I was ugly in the natural sense. I am no prettier now, well, at least I don't think I am, than I am now, than I was before I got saved. Okay? 
So, so it, it didn't make me any, any prettier as far as my appearance is concerned. But when I was born again, I was born into a more beautiful creation than what I was before I ever got saved. Does that make sense to you? So when, when Nicodemus says, how can so, he, it didn't, it wasn't even on his radar. He didn't even think, he, he couldn't comprehend it. He couldn't wrap, he's, he, he's thinking of it in the natural sense. He says, how can someone re-enter his mother's womb to be born again? That is, it, you know, basically what Nicodemus is saying here. He said, Jesus, he said, this is the most craziest, this is the most ludicrous thing that I have ever heard in my life. This is ridiculous. You know, what Nicodemus was doing, and he probably had it in his thought process, but he didn't say it. He probably said, he was probably thinking, Jesus, you are just stupid. And my grandkids used to tell me not to say that word. He was probably thinking, Jesus, you're just ridiculous. There's no, I don't, I don't think Nicodemus was asking it with a seriousness, if you would. I think he was just a- actually asking it out of, in an insulting way. Because he doubted who Jesus was. Because he did not know Jesus in that personal relationship yet. How, how can someone re-enter their mother's womb? The last question that Nicodemus asked, was, well, in verse 9, he says, how can this be? How can this be? So, after Jesus explains, being born again of the Spirit, Nicodemus says, well, how can this be? He says he still has no understanding because of how to be born again, of what it means to be born again is a better way to say that. Let me let me tell you this. Before I got saved, I had no idea, I had no comprehension of what it meant to be born again. When I was a young man and and I felt convicted, you know, I went to that little assemblies of God church. And as I went to that little Assemblies of God church, and uh, you all met some of those people that I used to go to church with last Sunday. And, and I went to that little Assemblies of God church. I remember going to a Saturday night. They showed a movie on the road to Armageddon. Now, let, let, those of you that are younger, let me tell you, movies were different in that day, okay? This 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 is circa about 1974, okay? And, and they, they brought out this big old blue thing. And that big old blue thing had two big old metal wheels on it. One metal wheel had all of this black tape wrapped around it. And they would run that black tape down through that little blue machine and then hook it onto the wheel on the back. And that thing would sit there and go. And while it was going, a movie would come out up on the screen. And sometimes it'd have scratches and, and lines and all kinds. And every once in a while that tape would mess up and somebody'd say, hold on, let me, let me fix it up. And the reels messed up and they'd go back and they'd straighten that tape up. That's the way movies were done back in the day, okay? Amen. It's quite fun actually. And it wasn't really accepted very well in a lot of churches to be frank about it. I remember when they, when they started doing those movies in church. I'm chasing a, a squirrel here, but it's okay. Uh, when they started doing those movies in church because we, we, we've always had difficulty embracing technology in, in the church for so long. When they started showing movies, I remember one old brother said, well, I guess they don't be putting a popcorn machine up out there in the lobby next thing we know, you know. Cause you was going to hell if you watched a movie back then. 
But I watched that movie on the road to Armageddon. I didn't know nothing about it. I was young. I was I was dumb. I was ignorant to the things of the Lord. All I knew is I felt something in my heart, and I went up. I went up to an altar crying because I didn't want to go to hell. I didn't want to be left in that in that last battle of Armageddon. It was depicting the blood running to the horses' bridles. I didn't want to experience all of that. And I went up to an altar, and I, I I'm, I'm upset. I'm tore up, and I'm crying. And, and and somebody says, "You want to be saved?" And I said, "Yeah, I guess so." And I said, I don't want to go to hell. I don't want to do that. And, and, and they, you know, and, and they gathered around. But I still really didn't understand what being born of the Spirit meant. I didn't understand that it meant letting Jesus come in and having communion with me through the working of the Holy Spirit. Remember last week, and I'll touch on it again before I get done this morning. There's no way to be saved apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit hasn't done a work in your life, then you're not saved. And I'm not saved. There's no way to be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ apart from the working of the Holy Spirit. So we find Nicodemus says, how can this be? He still didn't grasp it all. Now I want to, I want to, if you would, uh, that, that, those are the, are the, those are the how cans. Those are the how cans. But I want us to think about the cannots. As we think on the cannots, the cannots all come down to Jesus. Because Jesus gave us all the cannots. And this is not the thing of you cannot go to the movie, you cannot go to the ball game, you cannot go to the concert, you cannot go to the race, you cannot do this, and you cannot, you cannot fish on Sunday, you cannot play or have a deck of cards in your house. We used to have all kinds of cannots. Some of them were good, some of them were a, a little bit overboard, but we used to have a lot of cans. cans. Not, that, that's not what I'm talking about. But I, what I am talking about is what Jesus says. Nicodemus asks about all the cans, and Jesus explains all the cannots. Jesus in verse 3, in essence, says, you cannot see the kingdom unless you're born again. Now, I want to tell you something. I do a lot of funerals. I, I really I don't do as many now as I used to. Not, not many people in West Virginia die, and if, if they do, they don't want me to do their funeral. Apparently, you know, I used to average about one 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 to two funerals a week, you know, uh, until I came to pastor here, and then and I thank God. I think I, I thank God. All of y'all still alive? Is there anybody in here not alive? Okay, that's good. Adam's not alive. Okay. Uh, Thank God, thank God, thank, I thank God that I'm not, had to, I've not been called on to do many funerals. But here's the deal. We cannot see the kingdom of God unless you are born again. I want to tell you something. I've never done a funeral where anybody has, has, has said, I, 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 okay, I just want you to know, you know, you know, uh, so and so, my, my friend or my, my dad or my brother, so and so has passed away. They weren't saved, so they've gone to hell. Everybody goes to heaven when they die. Walk through the cemetery. Everybody, most everybody, nobody, no, nobody's tombstone says today, oh, 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 Henry boy is, is in hell because he never accepted Jesus as his savior. Everybody goes to heaven, you know, when they die. If, if you listen to the obituary or if you read them online now, uh, I don't even know if they come out in a paper anymore because I haven't had a paper in years. But, but, but if you read the obituaries, everybody goes to heaven when they die according to headstones and obituaries. But I want to tell you something, everybody don't go to heaven when they die. Everybody don't go to heaven when they die. Only people that go to heaven when they die are those that have been born again. 
That's the only people that will ever get to see the kingdom of God in its fullness of what we call heaven. And then he says, you cannot enter the kingdom unless you're born of water and of spirit. You see, there's no way to be born again without that work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not talking about the subsequent baptism in the Holy Spirit. Don't get that confused. But what I'm talking about is there's no way that we can be born again and the Spirit of God not be working in our lives. It's impossible. It's the Holy Spirit. I, even though I didn't understand it, it was the Holy Spirit that, that drew me that night as I sat in that church and that old blue real to real projector ran and I watched that movie and I knew I did, there was something, even though I didn't understand it, I didn't want to go to hell. And that was the beginning of a relationship that, that I would, that I would I'd actually be a failure at if you want to know the, the fact of the matter about it. I was actually a failure at it until later later in my teenage years, at 19 years old, I, I come to a, a, a greater knowledge of the saving graces of Jesus Christ. And that was only by my choice that I choose to spend those years without it. And then Jesus said, the flesh, listen to this, verse 6, Jesus says the flesh cannot give birth to the Spirit. What I'm here to tell you this morning is there's not a single one of us in this room can do it within our own means. I don't care how much money you have. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how talented and gifted you are. You might be like... You may have more degrees on your wall than Nicodemus. You may have PhD. You know, used to, used to in Pentecostal Holiness Church, there was a lot of PhDs. Y'all know what those were? Pentecostal hairdos, those big ones. They used to pile up, you know, like that. You know, used to be a lot of PhDs in the church, you know. You, you can have all of that stuff. I could have all of that stuff, but there's no way that, that, that my, 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 my flesh can give birth to a spiritual conversion in my life. I do not have the ability within myself to be saved. See, humanity struggled with that all along. They've always looked for a way. They built a great tower you know, called Babylon. Uh, I saw a meme on that uh, just a few days ago that now the reason I had to study foreign languages is because some bunch of idiots wanted to build a tower into heaven. You know, but the, but the reality of it is, is we want to figure out a way to do it on our own. But I got news for you. None of us, none of us, none of us can do it without Jesus. The only way, the Spirit can only give birth to the Spirit. That's why we must be born again. Born again, not of the flesh. You know, I've all, I, I've been, I was born one time. They said when I was born, my mother cried when they brought me in and handed me to my mom. And she looked at me and they told her that I wasn't twins. It, it, she really got upset because she thought she should have two of something like me. You know, I, uh, you know, I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't remember those things, you know. 
I can't, I can't, I can't, fleshly, I can't be born of this flesh again. As soon as this flesh was born, this flesh actually started the process of maturing, and then it tips over the, the, the ark, ark, if you would, and it begins to decay. And all this flesh is going, is decaying all the time. You know, the older we get, you know, we're getting closer to home, as we used to say. But the reality of it is, the only way that I can be born again in my spirit is to be born again by the Spirit of God. I cannot do it on my own. In fact, I've got news for you. I have uh, I have come to that conclusion after I struggled with it a long, long time in my early years. I figured out I don't want to do it on my own. I don't want that responsibility. I don't want because I found out that I mess up and I fail, and I stumble, and I fall all the time. But the Spirit of God lifts me up and restores me. I have an advocate with God through Jesus Christ. And He did not leave me here alone, but He sent a comforter, the Holy Spirit, that is here to help me. What I can't do on my own, what I, my flesh won't do, what my what is contrary to my flesh, the Holy Spirit intervenes and intercedes seeds in my life and it helps me to be the follower of Jesus that I need to be. And He will do the same for you. And here's the problem. Jesus says the fourth thing. He says the flesh cannot rightly discern the moving of the Holy Spirit. You see, that was Nicodemus's problem. Nic- Nicodemus was not born of the Spirit so that's why he couldn't understand what Jesus was saying. Nicodemus, Nicodemus, he, he, he was, he was a lost ball in high, high weeds. I mean, he was like a golf ball that had been hit, that had been hit 30 yards over into the woods. He was, he was, he was lost and there was no way of finding the way out. Here, here's the deal. But the flesh cannot discern the moving of the spirit. That work can only be accomplished by the Holy Spirit in our life. You know, there's a lot, and let me tell you something, there's a lot of things. My wife probably said, well that surprises me, there's a lot of things that I don't know. <laughs> there's a lot of things I don't know. I, I, I did a funeral a couple of weeks ago. And as I did that funeral a couple of weeks ago, some of you may remember, I did that funeral for a, a fellow that I, I, I knew, I've known him since he was born. He's a few years older than, or excuse me, a few years younger than me. And we grew up together. I remember when he was running around in diapers. And of course, I was a little bit older, so I had already graduated out of diapers, you know, you know, and, uh, and anyway, so, so we, we go back a long ways. The longest, the longest, uh, tenure friend that I ever had in my life, and I, I did his funeral. I was honored to do so. But, but has, has I, has I was there at that funeral service, there was a lot of people or several people that I went to school with and I've known all my life and some of them I used to run around with. Y'all know what running around means, right? Some of them I used to run around with and one of them said, one of them said to me, uh, outside of the church where we were doing the funeral service, they said, if anybody had ever told me that N.R. Taylor would ever been a preacher, and traveling all over the world, because we had been talking about this Peru trip, traveling all over the world preaching the gospel, I'd have told them that's crazy. And you know what? 
They would have been. Until I encountered the Holy Spirit of God. You see, the Holy Spirit, I, 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 in myself, I'm not qualified to be doing what I'm doing this morning. You say, I thought you had some education. I do. I do. But I, I know me. I know where I come from. I know which side of the proverbial tracks I grew up on. I know stuff I've done and places that I've been and, and, and all of those things. But you see, the Holy Spirit is our qualifier. It's not about what you've done, what you haven't done, where you've been and where you've not been or any of those things. It's the Holy Spirit that qualifies. The flesh will never rightly discern the Holy Spirit of God. If the Holy Spirit of God is our equipper. It's not our flesh. Our flesh will not and cannot get the job done. Those are the cans. And the can's not. The kingdom of God that Jesus referred to in verse 3. Understand this. Go back and read that if you still have it pulled up in your Bibles. In verse 3, Jesus says, Verily I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. The, the kingdom of God as Jesus referred to there in verse 3 is not referring to the elements of this world whatsoever. It's a spiritual relationship that a person enters into with God. Quite frankly, he's not even talking about heaven there. He's not talking about particularly seeing heaven. He's talking about the experience of living and walking in kingdom purpose. In the kingdom of God. He said no one, no one can see the kingdom of God. You see it's a spiritual relationship that we enter into with God. We enter into that relationship by the wooing of the Holy Spirit. And by having faith in Christ. What it is, it's actually the work of being made new. Now, this is a big old 50-cent word. That's what I call them. That's a big old 50-cent word. And the word is regeneration. Of course, re means it's done over, if you would. It's regeneration. Y'all know what recycled is. When they make something, they call it cycling through. But when you redo it, it's recycled. It's... But in, in the, in the work of the Spirit, it's the work of regeneration. You see, because we, we, we are, we are dead. We are dead in spirit until Jesus comes along. And He infuses us with the Holy Spirit upon our request. And then we're regenerated. We're born again. We're born again. We're made new. Things change in our life. We're still look the same, still live at the same address, but suddenly things in our life are different because we've been, we've been energized, if you would, by the Holy Spirit. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12 and 3, I don't think I loaded this. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Paul wrote this. Last thing we're going to write on the chalkboard this morning. Therefore, I want you to know that no one, if we were in an African-American church right now, the bishop would say, everybody say no one. No one. No one. 
No one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. He says, and no one can say Jesus is Lord. Everybody say, no one. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. I can't do it on my own, dude. Can't do it. I tried, I tried doing, I tried doing that on my own stuff. I said, Lord, when I quit cussing, I get saved. That didn't work out too good. Lord, when I quit doing that, I'm not going to name all these other things because I'm not proud of them. But Lord, when I quit doing all these other stuff, you help me quit doing all this other stuff, I get saved. I got an F on all my report cards. I'm just telling you, okay? Not literally, not in school. I did get a couple Fs. I'm probably the only person that failed these A's. But, <laughs> Rick said, I don't think about it. But here's, here's the, here's the point of the matter is, I failed in trying to make myself right. I failed on my own. But when I let the Holy Spirit do His work in my life, and all of the how can I's, instead of believing all the how can I's and asking, how can I get right with you, Lord? How can I fix this, Lord? How can I do this, Lord? I begin to lay hold on the I can's and realize through the working of the Holy Spirit that I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Forget about all the I can's. Forget about asking all the questions. Just remember Jesus said all the cannots and respond to the cannots. Throw your Cast your dependability and all your care and all your trouble on Him. And he will take care of the rest. I want you to bow your heads. As you bow your heads, your eyes are closed. I want to tell you, I thank the Lord that he made a way for me where there is no way. I thank God that he made provision for me where I was broke. Spiritually broke. In my ability, I was broke. Now, I learned some religious practices. Don't misunderstand me. We had lunch with Nathan and Vicky last Sunday, and I mentioned that we met somebody that I used to go to church with back when I was that teenage boy, and that, that fellow's granddad, Mr. Dallas. Mr. Dallas would walk in church every Sunday morning, and he always had his suit on, He and he had a necktie on, and he wore one of those little derby hats, and he would walk in, he sat on the front row, on the right side facing the front of the church and he sat on the left corner of the front row every Sunday faithful as could be and I would be one of those teenagers sitting on the back seat no offense to you sitting on the back seat but sometimes you're the ones that you would get the question and, and as, as he would come in he would grab my hand and he had a he had a he was an older gentleman at that time and he would he would grab my hand and shake my hand and he would squeeze it. He had the handshake of a real man, if you would, even though he was a small fella. And he would shake my hand, look me in the eye. He said, "Boy, are you still on the firing line?" And I would lie through my teeth. And I said, "Yes, sir, Mister Dallas," because I knew I was because I was not depending on Jesus Christ. But then one day, I don't believe I fooled Mister Dallas. He prayed for all us young people. But one day the Holy Spirit got a hold of my heart just right. 
And I surrendered my life to Him through the name, mighty name of Jesus. I surrendered my heart and my life and He began to do a work in me. And what I could not do on my own, what I could, could not be on my own, Jesus began to, like that little... You know, they used to give us clay in school and bottling clay and you take a ball of nothing and you would form little... I like making dinosaurs. You form a dinosaur out of nothing. Jesus takes nothing and He forms out of us exactly what He wants us to be. That's what He wants to do with every one of us in this room and those watching and listening this morning. If you're here and you've never allowed Jesus do that molding work in your life. You never allowed that to start. It's an ongoing process every single day. I, here I am some 40 some 40 some years later and Jesus is still molding and he's still shaping me, okay? So as long as I live, I want him to be molding and shaping me and he will do you the same if you'll surrender your life to him. So without any hesitation this morning, I just want to ask you, with the heads are bowed, I'll ask everybody to close your eyes if this room this morning and you need to yield to the Holy Spirit you need to be born again by the Spirit this morning doesn't make you a bad person doesn't even mean you're a mean person doesn't mean anything negative about you it just means that you haven't surrendered your life to the Holy Spirit if that's you in this room this morning would you just raise your hand and say pray for anybody in this room there may be some watching by Facebook Live there may be somebody listening by any radio you haven't surrendered this morning, it's a good day for you too. I just want you to pray with me today, right where you're at. I'm not going to ask you to come forward in this moment at least, but I just want you to pray right where you're at. I want everybody to pray, regardless of, of your spiritual position or your spiritual standing. I just want you to pray with me right now. Jesus. I submit myself to you. I yield everything that I am and I have. I give my all in all to you. I want you to have my will. I want you to have my ways. Lord, I want you to forgive me of every sin. I want to be born again. Not of the flesh, but of the Spirit. And I can only do that through a relationship with you. So Jesus, do it. Do it. Birth me brand new. Make me a new creature as I release my faith in you. And Lord, as I've been made new, give me understanding of the things of the Spirit. Let the scales fall from my eyes. The things that have kept me blinded 
be removed that I may see clearly all that you have in store for me. Lord, I believe your word that if I call on the name of Jesus in faith and I believe in my heart and I confess you as Lord with my mouth that I shall be saved. Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. You know what? I don't care how long you've been saved. That's a prayer that you and I can pray every single day. And if you were, if you came into this room or if you're watching and you've never been saved, if you're listening and you've never been saved, if you can pray that prayer in believing with confidence that the Lord heard your prayer. You've prayed that prayer of faith that enters you into that place of salvation with the Lord. We've just got to believe. Lord, let me start seeing things to a spiritual eye, not my natural eye. There's people that I've met, one of the greatest bishops that we have ever had in, the, in our denomination. Pentecostal Holiness Church was the, the fellow that licensed me many, many years ago, and his name was Bishop Leon Stewart. And you stand before Bishop Leon Stewart, and it's like as he was talking to you, he can look right through you, he can look inside of you. It's almost like he had that like Superman vision that he can see everything within you. But here's a weird thing about that Brother Leon Stewart was blind, he couldn't see in the natural. But he can see so much in the Spirit. You know, when, when we're born in the Spirit, there's so much that God would like us with as we seek Him. Seek the Lord.